So Josh, this, this month we've been, um, we've been opening up this dialogue around balance and you know, you've been one of my best friends for a long time. And if I was ever going to talk to somebody that I think was incredibly balanced and successful in a lot of areas of their life, you would be top of mind. So when you hear the word balance, like, what does that mean to you? Because I know you have different seasons of life where you're, you got to put more energy in one versus another, but what, what does that look like for you? I mean, I, I think it's something that we, we, I strive, I want to have a balanced life, but it's at times it's unrealistic because there's seasons where you're definitely out of balance. Yeah. However, I personally, professionally, relationally, I strive to, to pursue a, a, a life that is not out of balance and in chaos. Right. Yeah, that does happen in our lives, but if it's a relational issue or being a parent or being a uh, community leader, I'm, I'm very aware of if I start feeling like I'm out of balance, yeah. what do I need to do to counterbalance this to get back to where I want to go? Yeah. Is, is, my, um, is my faith, is my devotion, is my walk with my wife and parenting my kids, am I, am I balancing there? And, and there's times it's out of balance, but I definitely strive for being a very balanced, forward-thinking life. Right. I, I thinking back to a season not too far ago in your life where you were building the idea house, you were on boards, you're running your company, you're trying to love your wife, love your kids, you're just spread thin. And, you know, at that season, you, you, it was chaotic. It, for sure. And, and I think the point is, is that we might strive for balance, but at certain times of our life, we're just going to be out of balance and we have to understand There's outliers that, that, yeah. that come upon us. So when you find yourself in a season or you're going through a situation that's causing you to be out of balance, one of the things that I've seen you do is to be very intentional. So in other words, uh, maybe you don't have as many dates or as long of dates with your wife, but when you do, you're very focused. Um, you're playing cribbage, you're going out to dinner, you're, you're very intentional about saying, okay, I'm gonna make this happen and I'm carving everything out. Talk about how intentionality impacts your life, you know, personally, professionally, with your wife, with your kids, business, all of that. I think just the way that I, I thrive or I'm wired, I'm very intentional about various layers of my life. I'm intentional about, I wanna live a healthy life. Yeah. But I also love ice cream, I love desserts. <laughs> yeah. I wanna balance it out. <laughs> so you put some Yeah, so hey, that. I'll work out extra long on the yeah. Peloton knowing that, hey, this weekend, I'm giving myself some treats yeah. to have ice cream. Right, exactly. Um, and it comes, you know, with dating, I love my bride. Yeah. And I know that her love language, what she desires most from me has been communicated is quality time. And I know that. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I know that. Right. And there's times I may not put that on the, the front yeah. uh, of our calendar and it affects the cadence of our walk together. Right. Man, I love that. But I also love spending time with her. I love playing games with her, the, yeah. the whole cribbage thing. We, I, I think at least eight of our 10 dates, we're always playing cribbage. Right. We love to go to a local coffee house yeah. and after dinner, we'll go for a walk and we'll play cribbage. Yeah. And it's what it does is it creates quality time, conversations develop in the yeah. middle of playing games. I love to compete, she loves to compete, but also has this breath of fresh air of just talking and breathing. And you're not distracted by business and kiddos and community footprint. It's just the two of us talking through life. 
I, I think of um, times where Mitzi and I have shared with other couples that might not be in that a good cadence, as you would say, where they're not walking step by step. And we talk about the, the impact of dating and, and they might say something like, well, I tried to go on a date and we got in a fight or whatever. But what we always say is it's a consistency over time. Like a lot of times you don't feel it initially, but over time, if you stick to it, if you just continue to show up um, and make it a priority over time, it will create intimacy where you might feel awkward or you might not feel like you're totally free with your spouse. But over time, if you prioritize that, it really works. No, I agree. I I think if you and I were to look at other couples and you can see where they're not investing to each other yeah. and they're, they're out of cadence, they're, out, they're, they're, they're unhealthy in their relationship and, and half of those fail, yeah. like literally fail. Right. All these years of investing in each other and now it's failure yeah. because they're not investing to each other. And I know based on what you're saying and how you and Mitzi do it as well, you've got to, you've got to build, you've got to grow. Yeah. If we're not growing, we're stagnant. Yeah. And potentially some other dude could take better care of her if right. I don't take care of my bride. Well, and I, Honestly, way, I mean, yeah, I, right? I agree. I, mean, I want to be the dude taking care of my wife, not someone else. You and I have talked about this. It's kind of like, you you know, Covey talks about beginning with the end in mind. And yeah. for you and I, we've talked about wanting to leave a legacy, like not just in our marriage, but with our kids, our community, our right. friends. I mean, it's like being a great friend to each other. That's something you value. It's something I value. It's sure. probably why we're great friends because we invest in each other. Right. Um, but if you don't have that mindset of legacy where, where you, you have an idea of what you want this to end like, then right. you don't take the proper steps. Well, so, think about us as uh, th- what this does to our kids. If we're not thinking how to pursue our bride and take care of her and treasure her and honor her, yeah. how, how is that as a dad? You've got two sons. Yeah. I've got two sons and a daughter and a daughter. But how are we modeling that? Right. Like I'm thinking, how do my boys think of me as a dad? Yeah. Am I pursuing their mom? Am I taking good care of their mom? Um, because you know what, they see and do things that we have no clue what they're saying. Yeah, do you love and enjoy time with their mom? I mean, I noticed, you know, you and I would both say that dating our wives and dating our kids are keys to solid relationships, because both you and I have dated our daughters their whole life, and that's not something that's common. But, I mean, we wanted our daughters to know we love them, that we take time for them, we want to spoil them and cherish them, and right think the world of our daughters so that's so dating our daughter and dating our wife is something that we both do i think um that we're in agreement on as far as how we would have an effective marriage or effective relationship what would you say in fact i'll 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 phrase it this way one of the things that i've known you to do over the last um, few years is take wednesdays off and I had told you a few years back that Jerry Corum had told me that one of the keys to his success in business here in, in, in Pierce County is that he always took time every week to just think creatively. Yeah. And I know, you know, I want you to share, but you, you began this idea of taking Wednesdays out of the office. And I'd like you to unpack, like, how does that impact you professionally? How has it impacted your business? Like, how did you go about doing that? Because there could be people right. saying, well, I, who wouldn't love to do that, but I can't right. do it. Talk about how you did that, why you did it, what the impact's been. I, I think the why is, I end of the day, I want to propel the company. I want to propel where we are. The challenge with running an enterprise is you're stuck in the, the 
in the middle of work, but how often do we get to work on our projects? Yeah. How often do we just step away from our company and evaluate, man, does this make sense? Am I doing things correctly? Right. Where do we have quietness? Mm -hmm. We struggle to find quiet time, especially now more than ever with the amount of technology that's just coming in, inward, outbound with our relationships of our clients and our staff. When do we have time to think? Right. And so, Essentially, it's like five years ago, this was birthed out of an accident, of a tragedy. I fell off our roof. I had a severe concussion. I was literally forced to take time off. Mm -hmm. I, the, 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 the walk I was on could not be sustained with the health of my brain. Yeah. And so I knew I had to rest my brain to go forward. Wow. Well, in the middle of discovery, I, I, I started identifying, I'm actually having clear head, focused mind, and great ideas are coming out of this. Yeah. And now I've built a platform of a professional life and I talk about this with other leaders, like are you taking time away to think and to work on your company? And so now all my staff knows this, my friends know this, right. clients know this, yeah. they know, don't book something for Josh. Even the chamber board that I've been on for six years, don't book a meeting on Wednesday, Josh won't be there. Right. And I love that, that I've put it out there enough with the risk of people perceiving me as not working hard. Yeah. Knowing that Wednesday is my day to think big, Wednesday is my day to clear my head. No meetings, no phone calls, no clients, no staff. It is my day to propel our company forward. Right. And propelling may look like going for a walk, getting a massage, playing, playing golf, golf yeah. having coffee, having lunch, right. reading a book. But just unplugging. Unplugging, detoxing the mind to think clearly. And I'm telling you, Chris, the things, the ideas, the thoughts that have transformed out of this Wednesday yeah. off is mind boggling. You know, performance psychologists and coach, coaches have now determined through lots of studies that if you're going to be at peak creativity, you got to be unplugged. Because if you're plugged into all the tasks and the, the nuances yeah. of a day, you're not going to be creative. You've got to unplug from that. And I just think it's brilliant that you did that. You know, I guess I'd forgotten about the, the reason that you did that was the brain injury. And, and when you were saying that, it reminded me something that I often say that, that sometimes things look like a setback and they're right. actually a setup. Right. right. So you, you miss it. You know, you a business fails and you think it's a massive setback, but it's actually a setup for something that you're even more gifted at or more skilled at or something that you'd want more. And I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I just think a lot of times people get stuck when they're in tragedy or they're in chaos or something bad is happening and they're assuming that it's going to continue forever. When in reality, a lot of times this is a perfect opportunity it's a to, propellant. Yeah. to move forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, certainly I didn't, I never planned for this. I, I think I had always dreamed of having a sabbatical based life where yeah. you really look at ways to step away to go forward. Right. I do a personal retreat every year. I love doing this, but I don't do enough of that throughout the year. And so when this head injury happened, I was forced to reshape how I do time. Yeah and work in professional life. And it has been incredible. And now my passion is to encourage guys like you and other leaders in our community that you can do this. Yeah. I, you look at my calendar and it's blocked. Like you look at my calendar two years from now, you can't get in there, it's yeah. blocked, right. it's color coded. Yeah. It's do not disturb, this is Josh's day. Yeah. And if we plan ahead and think forward, then you just get in that rhythm of business that I'm getting more done on Monday, Tuesday from production work than I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday prior. Talk, talk to me about how, how does something, you just talked about your calendar 
And I'm curious, like, how does something get on your calendar? Like you and I meet once a month on Fridays, for example, right? right? right. So let's say somebody else wanted to meet with you once a month. Like how, how does something actually become something normal right. that you're going to put on your calendar? Because you just said my calendar is booked, right? So is it value-based? Is it strategic? Is it a bit of both? I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you fill your calendar with determining yeah. what's going to cause you to succeed as a husband, as a father, as a business person, as a friend, et cetera? I mean, my calendar, end of the day, is a byproduct of the way I do my life. Yeah. Both personally and professionally, I color coat my calendar. I love to coach. So yeah. I'm coaching kids. I love to give back to our community. I love to date my wife. I love my friends. I love my community. I love our business. Yeah. I love our staff. They're all in there. Yeah, so when I look at my calendar, the calendar to me is kind of my ecosystem, how I run my life, so to speak. Yeah. So I know where... Mondays are my day where I'm in the office and my appointments or my time commitment is to our team. Yeah. I have our leadership team, I have our editorial reviews, I have staff engagement, sales. Right. That is my day to ignite and to be part of our team. Yeah. Tuesdays is community, clients, and some staff. Yeah. Wednesdays is a do not disturb. Thursdays, I'm in our Bellevue market. Yeah. So every Thursday, I'm gone right. from Tacoma, yeah. I'm in Bellevue. I'm right. not going to Bellevue on Wednesday. I'm not going to Bellevue on Tuesday. I'm going to Bellevue on a Thursday. Right. And Friday is a bonus day. Friday is my day where I'm, it's a collective all the week. Yeah. There's time in there with my friends. There's time in there with my family. There's time in there with my team. There's time in there for leadership and sales. Right. And so I use my Fridays as a collective resource of yeah. all my week. That sounds phenomenal. I've always talked to people about this idea that show me your calendar and I'll show you what you value. In other words, you know, somebody says, man, I'm really committed this year to getting in shape. I'm like, show me your calendar. Well, yeah. I don't see any gym time in there. Right. Well, if, if you're not intentional about going to the gym on a daily basis, then you're not going to get in shape. Right. I think it's the same thing with the I spouse. Guess. Like, I mean, if you say Friday nights are my date nights. If it's not on your calendar, it's going to get filled up with something else. So we either live by design or we live by default. Right. And if we want to be successful, I think what I'm hearing you say is it's got to be by design. Like every one of these days you just commented, we're by design. It's not what just fills your calendar. No, it's not what the wind designing. blows in. That's right. Yeah. And oh man, I haven't had a date in two months. How often do I talk to a fellow leader or a friend and they haven't had a date in months? Right. Like, where's your value? Yeah. Where, don't you want a healthy relationship? And to that person, they would say, I'm just too busy. It's not, it's not intentional. Or my wife doesn't value that. That's not her love language. Yeah, they, they might well, say that. Well. But the challenge is, and again, the, the difficulty is the same way you don't sense the progress off of one day, you don't sense the decline off of missing one day. Right. It's the cumulative effect right. either way. Correct. And John Maxwell going says this. Going this way or going or that, this way. That's Which right. way do you want? And John Maxwell, I think, says it brilliantly. He says that if you want to coast through life, it's okay to do it as long as you're okay going downhill. Right. Because you can't coast uphill. Right. So if you want to go uphill, we got to be very intentional and design right. our calendar around what we value and what we want long term. 100% agree. So talk about, um, you, you mentioned you, you coaching and your kids and all of that. And, and obviously I know a lot about this, but um, you know, I've seen you prioritize family vacations and just incredible quality time with your kids and your kids sure. playing games with you. And, and, you know, I just think that's important because at the end of the day, like, 
I, I've, I've seen this study that said, what's the most common thing that somebody in their dying bed it regrets? It's never money. Right. It's never. always like, I didn't spend more time with my son or my daughter. I didn't right. do more dates. But yet, if you look at where people are stressing, where they're spending all their time, if we look at their calendar, their calendar suggests all they care about is making more money, being in business more. So I don't know, speak to that because like we don't want to live a life of regret. We want to live a life that's intentional, right. that means something, that on our last day, it, we're proud of it. I agree. I, I think the challenge is we get back to the whole cadence mindset. We're stuck into a flow and a rhythm because this is what everybody else is doing. Right. Everybody else is on the same hamster wheel, so this is just what we do. Right. We go, 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 go. We get our kids going every different direction. We don't have dinners together. We got sports every night. And then we come home and crash, turn Netflix on, and we're like, oh, we veg out. Right. And at some point, at what point does that stop and say, you know what, this is not the cadence of life that I want. Those are some fun things. I yeah. love doing those things. At the same time, I'm thinking, and in mind, what do I really want to be 10, years, 10, 15 years from now? What kind of dad do I want to be? Yeah. What kind of uh, influential leader do I want to be? And so I really am intentional about just investing into those areas of life. I, this idea of just spending time with my kids, I love experiences. Right. And especially now with all of our kids have phones and they're capturing video and, and photos to invest in experiences. I made a commitment, I did a personal retreat and thought, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just strategize my year and know that every quarter I want a family vacation. Yeah. Every quarter we're going, it's gonna be yeah. a winter one, a spring, summer, and a fall vacation. You know what that creates is it creates like this hope and expectation. Totally, you can't wait. Right? Yeah. You can't wait to be- Oregon together. Coast or yeah. Chelan right. or, you know, Suncadia, like yeah. I can't wait. You know, most of this time we've been talking about balance as it pertains to time, but um, again, knowing you well, I know that you have a really healthy, balanced mindset financially. And I've always known you to be somebody who lives underneath your means. Um, even though you might have nice things, you're living underneath your means, you're right. saving, you're investing. Talk about that because I think, I, I think this is important right now just because we find ourselves as a culture again back where I think very similar to where we were in like 2007 or 2008 where people are gaining equity in their homes, um, the Overconfident. economy is booming and everybody's spending a lot of money, driving nicer cars, spending more money on houses and yet that's not sustainable long term because we are going to see ups and downs in the market and I think again this idea of consistency over time, that's not only true of our time it's also true of our money right. and how we save it, how we, how we, so, so what's your model and how you, you see financials with your family? I mean, to me, um, finances is a tool Yeah. and I'm very, I'm very blessed and thankful. I, I've always surrounded myself with folks that are really smart with money. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a byproduct of being around good people with money. I know how to generate cash. I know how to generate money. But I need to have people in my life that know how to strategize and take that dollar that I just earned and how to maximize that dollar. Yeah. I do know that spending and consuming more than you have is a, is a plan of disaster. Right. I do know that. But just thinking about this dollar and for the future, I wouldn't be here today if in, in geez, I was 17 years old, I bought 12 shares of Starbucks for $400. Right. Because my dad encouraged me 
to save money while you're working in my first job and think for your future. Right. Plan, end in mind. Yeah. Well, that $400 investment turned into $30,000 right. that I leveraged against to start this company, which I mean, is doing millions. That's an incredible story. And what's, what is even more, almost more in, incredible than that is that you've taught Caleb to do the same thing. Correct. And now we're on vacation and Caleb's like, Dad, Starbucks shares... I got to buy, some, was it Starbucks or was it? Starbucks and Apple. Yeah, Starbucks and Apple. And so like, dad, would you buy those for me? And right. so you're passing that on again, which is legacy mine. Right, for sure. In fact, so much so, Caleb's just uh, turning 20 and he wants to get a house here within a year. Yeah. And he's already got enough down payment for a house because he's been buying Starbucks, buying Apple stocks for his future. Yeah. Same thing that my parents taught me and we're teaching him. Right. And just... This company is a great resource, but I don't want this to be my only source of income for my future. Yeah. I want to leverage and participate in other areas to financially accelerate my footprint. You know, transformation follows what we do more than what we know. So in other words, we can know the right thing, but it's not until we do it that we <laughs> for sure. life changes. And so when we're talking about these strategies for business or for family or with our wives or with our finances, um, you know, if somebody was listening today and they were encouraged by something you said, um, it's not about just hearing something. They got to do something, right? I mean, it's like, and again, I think sometimes people feel like they got to make these massive changes and they might say, well, hey, Josh, going on a date is great, but you know, you go out to dinner with Michelle. I don't have the money for that. And I think what you'd probably, probably say is go on a walk. Yeah, right? for sure. I mean, start yeah. somewhere. There's an excuse for everything. Off. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, I look, for, look at the financial thing. It's pretty funny. I've always wanted to make sure our company uh, attracts, keeps, and, and, and just ignites amazing talent. And I remember this is like four or five years ago, I gave all the staff a bonus check. Yeah. And I gave him the check and said, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with this. You can go and blow it all you want. It's yours. You earned it. But I also think, what would this look like five years from now? And I told my story. I told yeah. my Starbucks story yeah. and said, hey, how many of you want to think like this right. and do like this? And I think at the time there's 20 staff. And my guess, only four at the most took yeah. me up on that. I bet. Yeah, because we live in a consumption uh, culture right now. Exactly. Right? They're like, oh, I could use it for Christmas presents or do it for this. I'm confident. I know of two that for sure had taken advantage of it, but beyond that, I have no idea. I want to say one other thing, uh, just really uh, a pr one of the things that I've always admired about you is your um, commitment and passion for our community. And you show that in a lot of ways. I mean, boards you're on, appreciation, things that you do. But... One of the cool things that I've seen you do over the years, actually since the beginning when you founded the company, is you would talk to advertisers as partners. And I, I always thought that was different because when, when you first started growing this company and the sales guys that were coming in, they weren't selling as effectively as you and they weren't using that language. And I now years later, obviously your company's been successful, but I, when you introduce me to people that have been partners, Right. They, they're friends. These right. are people that they might invest in your business, you invest in theirs, but now you're, you're friends. You know their spouses, you know their kids. I mean, yeah. you've created a life where you really do life with the community while you're doing business with them. And that's right. kind of unique, I think. I don't think that's common. I think it's unique about you. Do you have any thoughts or... I mean, 
I, I've always been in the mindset, Chris, that I want to be successful long-term. I'm not here to have a transaction today and, and sell you a, a marketing and advertising partnership right? and then take the money and just try to cover payroll. Yeah. I want to have a relationship with you for 25, 30 years. Yeah. I want you successful. My passion, our mission for our company, our core mission is that you're better off because you're a partner of ours. Wow, I love that. So if you're a business partner with us, you're, you're committing revenue that you've earned to give to us, there's expectations with that. I respect it, I honor it, and I want to make it turn for you. Yeah. I want because you're partnering with me, you're better off. Yeah. And I want our staff better off, that you are an employee with our enterprise, I want you to benefit out of this. Not just financially, but just relationally and community and to pad your resume to be excellent. Right. Um, if you're a reader, if you subscribe to our magazines, I want you to look at our magazine and go, man, there's something so special about this magazine. I love to read this magazine. It's a breath of fresh air. That's what I expect with our partners. I love that. I, I'm just, I, I value you. I value your resources. It's not just a transaction relationship. Yeah. I've never had that mindset. Well, I mean, that's a unique way to live, though. I mean, and I mean, you live that way with your wife, with your kids. Um, you live it with your community, you live it in your business with your staff. I mean, I know you've won, won awards several times for being one of the best places to work in our area. Sure. And I think it all comes from that is my yeah. point. I mean, it's like I, when I think of your life and all the success that you have, it all is like centered on these values, these things that are really important to you and everything kind of seems like it flows from that. Yeah, because I mean, I don't want to be the, the owner that's successful at the business, but then has a horrible relationship right. with his wife or yeah. the kids don't want to be surrounded next to their dad. Yeah. Or, or you, I go to a local you know, Costco or the mall and I see you as a client and I hide. Right. What, I never want that. I want a full embrace with my kids, my wife, my community, those who I serve with. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because I just think one of the things that I, I know you and I both strive for is to like not do what we teach our kids to, to, to do, right? Yeah. Where I think a lot of people would say, well, don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah, do as I say. Yeah, and that's like... But then actions don't, don't back it up. No, I mean, and that, that, that's hypocritical and I think people oftentimes don't respect that and it doesn't work for... You know, when your young kids become teenagers, they're not going to honor that. Right. They know the that. real Chris, the yeah. real Josh. Yeah. And so what's the authenticity? We're not talking about being perfect. We're talking about, in fact, humility is a big part of this because, you know, we're going to fail. There's sometimes we're going to get our calendars wrong, our values wrong, our balance wrong. And, and it's, it's about, about coming back. And, course correct. Yeah. And course correct. And be willing to say sorry to our brides and sorry to our kids and move forward saying, man, you're important to me and I'm sorry. I haven't demonstrated that lately, but I want to do better. So what would you say to somebody if they're listening, kind of in wrapping this up, if they're listening to this and they're saying, man, I, I'm out of balance, I, I, you know, maybe with my finances, maybe with my time, I'm not hitting a home run with my kids or my spouse, or I need to make... Where would somebody start in your mind? Like, how, what do you think is a priority for somebody to like do something now? I think um, the key is not to be not to look at the whole picture and be overwhelmed. Yeah. Because you can look at the whole thing and go, man, I'm really out of balance in a lot of these areas. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of stepping away and reckoning. Okay, first of all, I'm not going where I want to go. Yeah. And I do this now. I'm not going where I want to go in a business or with my walk. Yeah. 
with my family. And so you just got to look at that specific vertical. Right. So that's why I take my Wednesdays and look at certain verticals, yeah. like how can I improve? So for those folks that want to say, hey, you know what? I want to change what I'm doing. You've got to make, you got to walk before you run. Right. You just can't start up and start running. You got to really go for a walk yeah. first. At the same time, you, I think it's super valuable to have people in your life that can hold you accountable. Ooh, that's so good. Because end of the day, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. And it can't just be my wife holding me accountable. Right. I need brothers like you in my life that can challenge me, encourage me along the way. If, if it's a banker, if it's a CPA, if it's a, a lawyer, or if it's a priest or a pastor or another brother in business, you need people in your life that can help you begin to take those steps. Yeah, because we have blind spots. For right? sure, and I've got a tons of blind spots. Well, the thing is, is that we're created that way because our strengths are connected to a weakness. So the, the thing that would cause somebody to say, Josh, you're so amazing at this. Well, there's connected to that yeah. weakness. There's a kryptonite and, next and to if that. if you don't have somebody that can help you see your weakness and, and give you feedback, if we stay kind of closed-minded and not open and transparent and we never really get close with anybody, nobody's going to feel comfortable to give any feedback. Oh, and, for sure. Right? So right. feedback is valuable but you're only going to receive it if you put yourself out there and invest in other right. relationships. And you're willing to receive it to go forward. Right. If you're going to receive it and wallow up and crawl in a hole, then you're not ready to take the next step. You're not ready to walk. Yeah, that's so good, man. I mean. So maybe let's unpack this idea. So you just mentioned this, this idea that if, 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 if we're going to change, we need to like evaluate where we're at right now. And yeah. when, when you were saying that, I was thinking the challenge with that is oftentimes if we were to consider the most terrible mistakes we've made in our lives, who was responsible for those mistakes or those decisions? We right, were. Right? For sure. So the point is we deceive ourselves. And I think it's because oftentimes when we evaluate something, we're not really being honest. So when you say like, like, don't look at the whole picture, look at one vertical yeah. and, and, and choose one thing. Like, really be honest with yourself. Like, yeah, that's like good. we got to be honest with ourselves and say, right. not, if I'm, if I would never say this to a like a lot of times we say stuff to ourselves that we would never say to somebody else. Right. We would never give somebody else the get out of jail card that we give ourselves. Or maybe the flip of that, sometimes we would never say something so negative to somebody else that we say about ourselves. So yeah. when we take the time on that Wednesday that you're describing to really be creative and to evaluate some little tweaks that we want to make, I think the key is to ask ourselves, is this advice I would give to somebody else? Like if I wanted them to be successful, move their life forward and propel their life forward in your words, is this something I'd give somebody and then give that to ourselves? Right. Like that's, and, and, and again, don't ever under underestimate the power of simple change. You For sure. You don't need massive change. Right. And your investment right. in Starbucks, how much was that? 400 bucks? 400 bucks. 400 bucks became 30,000, right? right? And that's how our lives can be. They can go from four hundred yeah. to thirty thousand with simple change. Right. I agree. Otherwise, you're gonna be overwhelmed and you'll be ineffective. Yeah. And I like the idea of just seeking knowledge from others as well. I, I think we really need to surround ourselves with knowledge that we don't have, yeah. or knowledge that we're afraid to tap into. Right. Um, you. I think it's it's like going to a counselor. I'm recognizing I have um, an area of weakness and I want to grow. I need to fix this. I need to take this out. Yeah. I think it's the same way if you want to look at a financial, you look at relational, you look at business, mentorship, community. I think you really need to think about, I'm not being the best who I want to be, and it's okay to admit that, but then you need, to, you need the people to come around you. Right. It's really tough to self-start. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. We're, we suck. Right. 
I mean, I, I fall, I stumble, and I go to my depravity of who I am really quick. Yeah. But if I know that my brother Chris is involved or is going to ask me about this, it, it changes my, um, my encouragement. Yeah. You're more committed when you have some right. credibility. It's one thing to say I'm going to start working out, you know, seven days a week. Right. Well, that's unrealistic. Let's be honest. Well, Let, when, let's just work out a couple of days a week and then let's do another month of that and then build on and build on. Right. And I mean, you know, a lot of people go from not working out at all and thinking that they're going to do an hour a day. Right. I mean, just walk for 10 minutes. I mean, right. just get, again, you're not going to notice an impact in your health. Maybe your blood pressure doesn't go down or your weight go down or your, you know, body fat, you know, doesn't yeah. go down. But if you keep doing it over time, it will make a big... Make you don't have a habit, so now you're creating a habit. Yeah. And you look at food, like, man, I want to lose some weight. Well, I'm, I'm not the type of guy that will encourage folks to just do this big old crazy new diet or a new fad that's coming across that we should all be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. I think if you just look every day just a little bit, just improve a little bit a day, or I love dessert, I love ice cream, well, maybe I should have dessert and ice cream just on the weekend. Yeah. That, that little simple thing, like, I won't, I, I won't do this until I do that. Right. I, ha I play games myself that helps me motivate myself. You, you'd mentioned earlier this idea of, of the impact of having close relationships. And uh, I, I heard it said that show me your three closest friends and I'll show you your life. In other words, what they're saying is your three closest friends are a reflection of who you are and who you're going to become. And if somebody were to you know, consider that, uh, how, how do you, how is that important to you? Like, I, I know you have business relationships that might not be your model for marriage, but then you have marriage relationships that you're close with that might, but the point is you're trying to surround yourself around people that oh, you yeah. can grow from in every area of your life, right? Right, right. Cause I, I, it's very rare you're going to have someone that's good in all the areas right. cause I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, I, I gather and, and collect information and relationship data, so to speak, from various layers of those buckets. Right. You may be great friend of a brother, but you may not be the best at financial management. Right. Or this guy may be great at financial management, but he's a horrible dad. Yeah. Well, I don't go to him for wisdom on being a dad, right. but as a financial leader and a mentor, Absolutely. holy cow, for sure. Yeah. This guy's got it figured out. I want to pick his brain. I want to model what he's doing. If I can get 15% of what he's thinking about, Man, that just makes me feel so much. I think that's powerful because I think a lot of times people would say would would look at somebody and they would disqualify them because they're weak in one area of their life. Where if they just saw them as being a strength in the one area that they're a strength, right. then they don't have to be disqualified in right. an area. Find another relationship in that other area. Um, with technology, I think gathering information that propels our life forward has never been easier. I, here's what I mean by that. I've had goals over the last 10 years to get to the point where I was reading a book a week. And last year, I said I was going to do two books a month. And I got to like 14 books. And that was like the best I'd ever gotten to. But then I started doing Audible. And I heard somebody say that they were doing a book a week and they were doing it via Audible. And I thought, well, Am I going to retain as much? And the answer is probably I don't. Right. But I am going through a book a week because, you know, when you're in your car, when you're running on the treadmill, I mean, I can listen to classic rock or I can listen to a book on feedback or a right. book on motivation or goals or how to resolve conflict with my spouse or whatever. I'm right. always doing these books. And now it's been about, oh, it's been about 16 months since I've been doing Audible. 
and I'm just getting all of this information constantly yeah. that used to be dead time. Right. And now it's growing time because right. I'm, I'm multitasking with that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you I mean, do Audible yeah, or? Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do. I, I, I recognized when the Seahawks were in their heyday of making their run to the Super Bowl, I found myself so consumed by sports radio. Yeah. And with my drive time, there's definitely a lot of uh, downtime in the car. And I just felt convicted, like I am consuming way too much sports. Yeah. And whatever we consume comes in and comes out. And I wasn't satisfied with that. And so now, I, like you, I use that uh, downtime or quiet time as a great time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm fairly old school. I've done Audible books. They're okay. Um, I prefer more of a podcast yeah. mindset. But I love the idea of, man, on my way to Bellevue, I listen to two podcasts. Yeah. And I feel so alive and so encouraged and so moved. Otherwise, like I'm in two hours of sports radio. It's interesting. Like, what do I want to feed myself? It's interesting that you say that because I, for years, did podcasts um, and a lot of them. And what I love about a podcast is oftentimes they'll take a book on feedback, for example, that can be very boring, right, and yeah. very academic. And they'll give you like the bullet points that you can apply right away. And for right. people that are busy, Right. Like that's what we really want is the bullet points. Like what can I do right now that I implement? As, that's right. I mean, like I remember hearing this feedback that all feedback is good from a podcast. And I thought, well, do I, do I handle feedback that way? Like if my wife says something critical to me, right. do I think, oh, all feedback is good? Heck well, no. sometimes I do. Right. Like we talk about, Mitzi and I have talked about this before where we'll say like, let's say she's giving me feedback that's critical about, you know, me raising my voice and saying right. something to a child, to a kid. And if she says, you know, you were really being a jerk today, you were being all yeah. loud and yeah. demonstrative over your child. And I know that's not, you know, a lot of times I'll puff up and I'll, you know, yeah. and I'll defend myself, right? Sure. But on the other hand, sometimes she'll give that same exact feedback via text. Hey, and she'll say, she'll, she'll, she'll emphasize like this. She'll say, hey, I know you want to be a great dad, but when you did this, that's how I saw it. Pretty sure the kids saw it too. You yeah. might want to consider apologizing. When I read that, I'm like, wow, that's yeah. valuable. And I find myself <laughs> following it, right? Yep. But the, the point is in this podcast, I hear all feedback's good. But a lot of times when I read an entire book or go through Audible, I can't pull out one thing like that. And that's the value, I think, of podcasts. Is they yeah. break it down to something you can apply right now. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And I, I'm I still love to crawl up on a couch or crawl up in a in a chair or go to Starbucks and bust a book yeah. out. I, I'm I mean, certainly I'm in the print business as well. I love the tactile feel sure. of dog earring and put a little note on there or give them that same book to somebody else that made that changed my life and I want to pass it to my son or pass it to a friend of mine. I love that piece of it. So it's funny that you said that because one of the things that I started about three months ago is that I, I, I get the Audible book first. If I like it, then I buy five copies of the hard copy and then I'll, I'll write That's a cool. note in the front and give it to a young leader or a friend yeah. or a family member or whatever and say, hey, idea. this is what I'm getting out of this book. You might thought you might like it. It's a great idea. See, this is perfect.